I am pleased to announce the Call in Sick to Work Tour starts October 10th in Edmonton, Canada, November 7th in West Palm, Florida, and November 14th in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's where I go in, do radio, drink, go straight to the club at 11 a.m., you call in sick to work, and we party. Today's guest, stand-up comedian and one of the funniest guys I've ever met, Shane Moss. This is Peggy, if I remember right. Yeah. Ours is Mrs. Like Parsons. That. And our punishment, as I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted by my wife, <laughs> our punishment was if you got in trouble, you had to hang out with Miss Parsons and Shell's books. Oddly enough, that was exactly my job at Barnes and Noble. So working at Barnes and Noble felt like punishment. Like, so the entire time I was there, I was like, I'm in trouble. Like, I just felt guilty. <laughs> I felt it was the worst feeling in the world. Probably not the only reason it felt like punishment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, nice to meet you. Lunch answer is. But baby, I don't know. You tell me. What do you want for lunch? Perfect. Um, I don't know. Let's go get lunch though. We'll go get lunch. What time you gotta get out of here? Well, it's only no. eleven. Okay. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. I have no real schedule. All right. I'm dying to hear the fucking story. Uh, I'm dying. I I was I. It, <laughs> I had you were such a. I can't express to you, and I hope you understand. I hope this ha- carries weight, and I and I hope I've done this too. You were such a fucking treat to me one morning, when I had to like. I might have been one afternoon, and I was going to pick up my girls, and uh, and I was listening to Getting High with Doug, and you were on, and you made me laugh so fucking hard, like I laughed from beginning to end because you're so fucking genuine. And I literally was howling at your responses because I don't even. Some of the times I didn't even think you were trying to be funny. No, a lot of times I just say things and people laugh, and I don't fully understand why. In my head, I'm like, I think we've partied together, but I don't know. And yeah, I'm like, have we? I, I fucking and I was like, I got to reach out to him. I, I want to hang out with him. And then so I reach out to you, and then I hear Benson on another podcast. Who, by the way, I think Doug's pissed at me. Um, I he goes, yeah, Shane got hurt. Oh really? And, yeah, and yeah. I'm dying to hear the fucking story. Yeah, it was uh, it was right after that. I mean, not immediately afterwards. Every everyone thinks it was immediately afterwards because on getting high with Doug, I was talking about rock climbing. I was going rock climbing afterwards. Yeah. Um, I, which by the way, that that was the most baked I've been in. I don't know how uh, like 18 years or something like that. I, I almost listened to it again. <laughs> ask you the questions I had that day but then I was like then that's fucking stupid if I have you on to ask you about a podcast uh, another you podcast on. yeah that's yeah. fine well I remember it's like you're, you got, you're talking about you have a si- your sister oh yeah yeah I would happily tell that story if you want but um, I as, as far as why I'm on crutches right now I went to um, Scottsdale Arizona after I was on that podcast to do work and then afterwards I went to um, Sedona to visit some friends, which Sedona's like um, where aspiring warlocks uh, go to <laughs> go to live. I've been to and Sedona. So, yeah, it's, it's a very odd... Aspiring warlocks is the perfect... Although I think there's a lot more witches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of pre, pre-witchcraft. Yeah, so like one of my friends is a witch, kind of. 
Well, she's a professional psychic anyway. Professional. Leanne's, Leanne's mom's a professional psychic. Oh, oh really? I've never um, owned her once. Yeah, I'm a little irritated with psychics right now because I was with a psychic when I hurt myself, which is um, ironic. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I was going up there. I have, it's these weirdo friends of mine from Australia. <laughs> Why didn't you warn me about this? I know. I didn't pay the you $20 asshole. for the tarot card reading or whatever the hell. Clearly, if you see something in my future, tell me. I'll give you 20 bucks. Just tell me about yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I know. So ridiculous. Um, so I went up to Sedona. I was actually going up to do ayahuasca for the first time. I, um, I'd been desperately looking for ayahuasca. It's like for the listeners that don't know, it's just like, uh, there's not one person on this podcast uh, that that doesn't know what ayahuasca is. Good, good. I had Uh, Amber Lyon on. Do you know her? Um, no. Oh, Uh, dude, um, dude, you got to get to know Amber Lyon. Okay. She's like an ayahuasca expert. Oh, really? She's gorgeous. Her boyfriend's a stud, and they and they know so much about the mother plant. What did she, what did she call it? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know much about it, and I'm a little skeptical of like the spiritual side of things. I mean, I've done DMT quite a bit, um, and it's like. It, it, like yeah, when when I uh, I've smoked DMT. By the, way, by the way, this is why I enjoyed you on Doug's podcast. No one, <laughs> from what I understand, people only find ayahuasca for the spiritual. Part. I, yeah, like, yeah. I'm a little skeptical about the spiritual part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know about the finding yourself shit. I'm just into a good trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm interested in how the brain works and how the brain can make you see shit that isn't there. Yeah. Um, I'm very interested in that in in like kind of a mindful way and understanding our our perception. I don't think that um, the stuff that I've seen, even though when I, I smoke DMT, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in a different dimension right now. And I'm talking to this weird alien thing that's like building these structures and that's how it communicates and nothing's ever been more clear or true to me. But that's in that moment. And afterwards, it's like, yeah, that's that's what you think because that's your perception for that those few moments in in time if it were the opposite if you lived all of your life in like this dmt world and then someone gave you and then you hit this bong that brought you to this reality that we're familiar with it would seem just as profound and like yeah. oh my god it's so clear there's like I'm this petting a dog <laughs> yeah, this thing like, is licking me i get it now it's like there's this hierarchy and, <laughs> and you just you were you start at the bottom and you work your way up and you step on a few toes here and there but you don't screw everybody over and then and then you put and then you know it would wear off and you'd slowly go back to like oh hello swirly carpet and <laughs> And demon clown back to this boring old reality. Oh, numbers are communicating to me. <laughs> right. God damn it. So, so I, I'm careful not to take any of my perceptions too terribly seriously. E- yeah. e- even, uh, uh, you know, uh, us sitting here. Um, but... Uh, but but the uh, I wanted to uh, take ayahuasca, and it's a real chore finding this stuff. I don't know if you've ever done ayahuasca or DMT or whatever, but it's like, you know how like, like if you wanted to, because the, the first time I did it, and it was in Dallas, and they were somewhat reasonable people. 
um, which was reassuring when it's like, oh, this guy's a computer scientist and this uh, and his wife's a neuroscientist, and all right, so they they haven't they're not like living in a treehouse. Which I went to Scots uh, Scotland or Scotland Scotland. <laughs> I went to Scotland. I, I was trying to find DMT in Scotland, and I found one in this guy, a, a guy that would maybe be able to help me out. Who was like this other comic knew about this guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I think I think I can get some DMT from him. Uh, he's kind of a weird guy. He lives in a treehouse. <laughs> like he lives in a treehouse. He's like he won't sell it. Like no one will ever sell the shit because it's like this." dumb spiritual you know, thing really fine. and so it's like so there's no market for it so you can't buy the shit and people are like well oh dm like all i'm so desperate i'll even like tweet like hey i'm looking for dmt i'll tweet that shit and see if any, anyone can hook me up it's so hard to find and people will just be like just make it yourself like what the fuck do you mean ma- this isn't breaking bad i'm not gonna like if i want weed oh you can just grow it yourself just no i just want to give you 50 dollars <laughs> yeah. have you ever tried to grow weed it's so fucking I would never. tedious it's so stupid oh, you've got to take you've got to take the seeds put them in wet <laughs> paper towels and then put them in the refrigerator and wait till they start sprouting you can't just bury them oh can, see i yeah. didn't already i didn't know that yeah you got to put this then you bury the seeds that have started sprouting in what you call it you've got they've got to be on strict like there's only certain climates i guess that weed grows in and you need like certain lights with timers oh, that's and, like, yeah you can't just you, you can't just put it in your backyard and go like me and my sister would put seeds down by my parents dock going like one day like we just right. we then throw the seeds by the dock, but then once it's grown, we're not even you're not even out of the woods. Once it's grown, you've got to dry it, you've got to trim it, you've got to pray to God it's the kind that get you high. Because some like I re- when I worked at Barnes and Noble, I have to go back to Barnes and Noble, but I was the two two things I researched heavily at Barnes and Noble were STDs and weed, and so I know a lot about both. Really? So, yeah, but the weed is a fucking t- it's so much easier just to go. <laughs> I'm gonna go to the dispensary, find out what kind I like. STD is much easier to make than weed. <laughs> they're, they're much easier to get. It's so much easier to get STDs than weed. So wait, go back to DM. So so wait, no, what no is problem. the guy when you go when you when so, you get it from someone? Do you just trade them something? Yeah. So so like in Scot uh, in Scotland, it was why do I keep on trying to say Scotland? <laughs> um, I. It, it was like, yeah, this guy doesn't. This guy doesn't uh, sell it. He'll. He just wants people to have the experiment. But it's like, you know. But since he is doing you a solid, you know, maybe you could also do him a solid, which was, I believe, bringing him a barrel of biofuel. <laughs> Like, dude, I can't just give you a hundred bucks. I'm gonna roll a fucking barrel. Where am I gonna go? I gotta rent a truck. Yeah, I yeah. Gotta, I gotta learn how to drive in Scotland. Right, right. Why is it so fucking hard? A biofuel. He sounds like those porn stars that put wish lists on eBay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so so when someone says like they had DMT or ayahuasca and saw the truth, I'm like, well, if that's what the fucking truth looks like, <laughs> I want no part of it. Where the fuck would I get biofuel? Yeah, I don't think he knows either, which is why he's asking. <laughs> Said that honestly to you. I know. I look on your face. 
I know. I, gotta get I, I guess I'll skip it this time then. I don't need it that bad. How big of a barrel? <laughs> I don't know. What? I mean, now that I'm talking to you, it's like, why didn't I just go for it? Oh, you should have Just for the story. Yeah, I should have bought him a barrel. You're going to take it up like, the tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think it was for his oh. van or something. Oh. oh. I, if I have not partied with you, I'm so fucking regretting it right now. Um, but okay, uh, so go back. So so yeah. So I have these weirdo friends that moved from Australia, and that and that's part. I mean, you. That, that's why it's good to have like weirdo friends because yeah. you need you know that that's like it's not that everyone that does DMT or an ayahuasca is a weirdo, but if that's what you're looking for, you want to find the. It's like if you wanted to go hunting, and you didn't want to like bother with. Um, there's plenty of reasonable people that hunt, but you don't want to just walk up to every random person on the street. So you, you know, you do a bit of profiling. You find the you find the guy in the in the fucking Oshkosh bagashes and, and Confederate flag hat and all that stuff. You're like, oh, that guy, oh, he knows where to take me hunting. Uh, uh, um, where did you grow up? Uh, Wisconsin. Oh, I just came back from Wisconsin. I just came back from Wisconsin as well. I, I spent a treacherous three months there living in my parents' basement Where because I couldn't uh, care for myself. La Crosse, Wisconsin, okay. on the border of Minnesota and Iowa. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> well, if you like partying, um, it's, they have the most bars per capita in the entire really? United States. I think I've um, been there. You know, it's not what it used to be, what is, but, um, I mean, I used to be a lunatic, and I remember I'd go on Tuesday night, and I'd be like, wow, it's kind of dead downtown, I, well, I guess it's Tuesday, and then midnight would roll around, and all of a sudden, every bar is full on a Tuesday night at oh. midnight, and it's just not like that anymore. I love scenes like that. We were in, went to a biker's bar in Chicago. It was like uh, 7 o'clock, dead. 9 o'clock, dead. It goes 11.30, it packs out. I was like, sure, because we're looking for bikers for Trip Flip, my, uh, my show on Travel Channel. And uh, fucking 11.30, I- I'm not even shitting you, we had called it. We had called it, and we're like, we're done. It's 11.30, it's time to go home. We got an early flight out in the morning. We had like a 6 a.m. flight, 11.30, just a thousand bikes showed up, and we had to cancel our flight and stay and shoot until like 1.30. But I was like, how did he fucking know? And I, there's, I love scenes like that. I love Wisconsin. We went up the Apostle Islands. Um, went sailing through the Apostle Islands, went, started in Madison, went all the way up to the top, and then came back, and then through Duluth down to Minneapolis. Oh, I, nice. I love Wisconsin. Uh, not not to digress, because I don't want to talk about me at all on this podcast. However, you say, I, I, I've, been, I've started listening to some of your podcasts, all I do is and talk you about say me. that in every podcast. I, you know, I, don't wanna, I mean, maybe if you didn't acknowledge it, <laughs> I don't think it would be that much of an issue. No, it's like my drinking. You, it's like my you, drinking. I call myself an alcoholic all the time so that no one can call me at first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't draw attention to it. I don't. I think I just. I spent the last fifteen minutes talking about ayahuasca, which didn't even get to my story of how I hurt myself. And I so love it. I've been I love it. As about- a podcast listener right now, I'm going. Go back to the. How did he hurt himself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's why we. That's a, milk it. Um, but I love Wisconsin. Um, so the rest of the story is. Um, so wait, did you get the ayahuasca? No. So I went there. I, I had it all lined up, and I was going to do it the following day. I went there. Um, this is like a birthday present to myself. It was, uh, and I so I went there on my birthday, May twenty fifth, and we went for. We were going to do it the following day. I was going to stick around for a couple of days, 
and had like a shaman lined up and all of that. And it's and um, so wait, wait, walk me through what you had lined up because I would assume. I, I I don't know. I don't know how much. I maybe I get a hotel room. I don't know. What do you do? Do you? I think we like went to some guys like weird like church quote unquote because i think it's legal there if it's under some like as part of a religious ceremony so hallelujah and so um so yeah so i went there and the plan was i don't um i don't drink anymore unfortunately sorry that (laughs) what happened um just one of those like couldn't didn't deal with it right uh yeah i mean it'd be interesting to talk about but um i mean i didn't really have like a I didn't really hit rock bottom per se. I definitely, I had um, a low point that was like, okay, enough's enough. But I was on my way to quitting anyway. I mean, I, w- I was blacking out like every other day. And oh, then really? I started blacking out on stage a lot. And like sometimes oh, it scary. went really well. and uh, Sometimes it didn't. Uh, and, and well, it went so good for so long. Like I just got away with so much shit. And then... And I mean, I would walk in a club the following day and like nervous, like, fuck, was I here yesterday? Like, I don't even remember. And, and they'd be like, uh, the wait staff would be like, last night, that was the funniest show I've seen in really? a year. I'd be like, God, I have no idea of what I said or what I did. And, um, and then eventually just my luck kind of ran out and people would be like hey i'm a little worried about you and really like drunk people that would be like i'm wor- like well if this guy's worried about me um and it wasn't um i i mean i've i've known since the age of like 20 that drinking was eventually going to be a problem for i've been trying to limit my drinking from the age of 20 oh really i've continually drank less like every year since the age of of 20 or so but but um and then it it was i'm not like an aa or anything i just kind of uh i was like well let's give it a break for a month and see if i can do that at least because i haven't gone like a day without drinking in 10 years or something and um and like a month went by and I didn't miss it and I didn't have any of these like now what were kind of constant regrets and wondering what the hell I did the night before because yeah. I was blacking out like crazy. First off, I would, I'm not, please don't interpret this as, as any listeners being like, you should quit drinking. No, it's unfortunate that I had to. I would say if you're blacking out a lot like all the time then you should look into things but yeah. other than that i think alcohol is a fun thing i think it's can... i think it's fun I, everyone knows my stance i'm a big drinker but i and, do and it's paid off very well for yeah, you yeah I mean... yeah i've gotten i've gotten done pretty good with it yeah um but i i my i just am at the age where i realized that it doesn't and i've had i have my my cardio i'm going to do a car going to my cardiologist today just to be in front of the wave of what is my family's history but he right. just he looked at me and he was like i don't know who he was talking about but he goes listen man, i'm just can't telling you nothing nothing for nothing he's my age he grew up with in the same town i did practically he went to a high school a competing high school that i did and he's like it doesn't end well for this story he was like if you keep drinking the way you're drinking it, it doesn't like it's not pretty and so I was like, I, I literally was like, okay, so I, this is the way my brain works. I was like, I'll switch to light beers. So I switched to light beers, and which turns out I get full faster and less drunk, and I sleep better because I'm more hydrated in, in essence, and I'm drinking water, and I'm not drinking as much. And then 
like these two weeks, I'll take two weeks off while I'm home and then work out like crazy. Yeah. And then, so I'm, I'm trying to curb it. I'm I mean, I could see it. myself maybe drinking wine again one day. I do. I still like taste wine from yeah. time to time. I I miss that. I it's one of the, in the last couple of years of my drinking, I had kind of transitioned to wine. It was just hard alcohol fucked me over. And and you know you know what it really was more than anything was that if I could have if I could have just drank beer or wine or whatever and been left alone, that would have been fine. But when I was out doing doing clubs, it's like, you know how it, every, everyone's. It's everyone celebrating something. It's all their birthdays or something like that. And after the show, they all want to buy you shots. And you can't just be like, oh, I'm just sticking with beer tonight. Sorry. It'd be like, oh, come on. one. And, and then I would trick myself into being like, oh, one. One's fine. And if I have like one, two shots, you cannot rip a bottle out of my hand. Like I will jump behind the bar and I will drink a bottle of alcohol until i'm blacked out drunk and a lot of times i'm really fun blacked out drunk yeah that's my problem too i'm a big i'm a fun drunk but like shots i i I, and i i understand the 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 i understand the ceremony and getting so many shots right i understand the i acknowledge i loved buying around a shot oh and i get shots sent to stage i get maybe 10 shots a show sent to stage yeah and i love it and I, i i drink i drink the majority of them, but they're not doing me any good. Like I'm not doing a better show. The next show sucks terrifically. I mean, if I could have done without that, it's just so much easier now. I mean, the big difference I noticed was, um, was just being able to be like, Oh, I don't drink. And then people just leave you alone. Yeah. Whereas, (laughs) I mean, if they could just understand that, Hey, if you stopped, uh, harassing me about taking a shot with you, I'd be able to sit back and have a few beers with you. Yeah, but that's just not something that's possible. Like people are fucking hammered. By the time they get you a shot, there it's like, I mean, I, I I I have I have visuals in my head of people standing there, like I'm doing shirts or or books or whatever pictures, right. and people just standing there. Their girlfriend. I, I mean, I can tell you the visual is burning my head. Girlfriend's off to the side. Guy's got a beer and two shots in his hand. Like the beer's like the microphone now, and the shots holding in front of the beer, and the shot for me. And the look, like <laughs> that look of like, Bert, I got you a shot. You got to do a shot with me. Right. And I just have done another shot with the another person, and I'm like, I understand that. I wish we could all do one and it's shot. Their to get it first over. shot, perhaps. Yeah, and and or or if if not that. It's their one birthday night where they're gonna get shit faced, and so yeah. and then they're gonna go back to work, you know, the two days later and and live a regular life. But you have to do that every single night, every if, single fucking night. That's what gonna, I've, yeah, it's gonna what I've done is I've I've changed I've changed. I'm supposed to. I'm so backlogged on podcast podcast, but I'm gonna post this one today because I'm I, I, I'm posting this one today and then I'm gonna double up next week and double up next week but in um two weeks from now i'm going to and this is my new thing i'm doing calling sick to work shows where yeah. i just do the friday morning show so i'll go and do radio friday morning right and then everyone calls in sick to work we go straight to the club and do an 11 a.m show and then i'm done for the day and that way i can drink like a fucking lunatic right, all right. morning do the show all fucking morning the gloves are off there's no complaints there's no strangers in the audience that never heard of me it's just people that bought tickets no one's writing a blog about it and then we can be done and all my drinking is done on friday i fly home friday night and i see my kids saturday sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday back on the road thursday friday morning show that's my new fucking goal yeah. i'm doing one in edmonton on the 10th i think of october Sep- september what month are we in now 
Uh, we're in September. So it would be October. Yes. October 9th. 10th. Um, but, but yeah, I'm glad. I'm, I'm, you know, I, this is going to sound crazy. I don't. I, in my head, you're so naturally funny without trying to. You're the kind of funny that I liked hanging out with when I was a kid. Like the fu- kind of funny where you didn't need to be drunk. You could just go have lunch on a th- on a Saturday afternoon, eleven, like hungover from the night before. But you- and you just made people giggle. Like you made me giggle harder than I've giggled in a long time already. And I haven't even heard how you hurt your foot. Um, I, I. Um, so speaking of you know taking care of yourself and all of that, I mean. The reverse of it, of it is life is full of all sorts of variables, and I had spent the last almost three years kind of uh, on a lot of working on myself, and I'd quit drinking, and then kind of um, a couple of years ago, I started exercising for the first time. I got big into rock climbing. Really? And so, um, You don't yeah, look your heights at all? I love heights really? so much. I love them. Like, really? Way too. They're like my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, I love, love, love God, heights. I never heard that. I I wish I would have um, too much, as you'll hear. But um, I I wish I would have discovered rock climbing earlier because it's it's one of the best things I've ever done. Um, but uh, regardless, so I I was feeling good mentally and everything. I have like. Um, you know, projects where I'm like talking with scientists about shit and I'm learning a bunch about life. I'm getting in shape and I'm, I'm feeling the best I ever have. And, uh, and uh, as my brain's firing as well as it ever has. And then I go and uh, break both my feet, which had I instead been blacked out drunk and parting with someone, maybe, maybe I wouldn't have broke my feet. So, uh, so you, you never know, you know, it's easier to, to um, wait, so tell me, what tell me the happened. story of how you break your feet. I, so I, all we, I heard, we decided all I to was... go for a for a hike. Um, you know, it was just going to be. It was my birthday. We we're just going to go for a quick hike, see a little bit of Sedona, go to a movie, go out for sushi, and um, and but define how how quick of a hike is a quick hike for you? Uh, you know, like forty five minutes okay, or an okay. hour or something like okay. that. Yeah, um, I, I'm not crazy into hiking, but hour or two is probably enough for me. And and so we went up around Sedona. We were hiking, and and my buddy wanted to. He's like, "There's this shortcut that um, my wife never lets me jump off of because it's too high." But uh, uh, now that she's she's like down below or whatever, let's go jump off of this thing and take the shortcut down. And I went over, and we were kind of climbing around and stuff. And and I'm used to jumping around on things and rock climbing. And I looked, and I was like, "Yeah, I think this is too high." And he's like, "No, it's not too high." And I'm like, "Well, I don't know." And I looked at it, and and we talked about it for about five minutes. I was like, "I'm wearing barefoot running shoes right now, where I'm landing." The ones with the toes? It's, no, just it's just Middle rubber. Rust? There's no cushion. Um, okay inside of them whatsoever they're supposed to kind of correct your running posture and whatnot i don't know they're uh, they're they're probably um garbage it's probably a bullshit um thing it's all part of the you know paleo minimalist which which there's there's a lot of truth in some of that stuff and then there's people kind of taking advantage and trying to make money off of it too but um so so I was like, yeah, there's this, you know, what I'm jumping onto is there's a cliff there, so I can't tuck and roll, so I'll have to take all of the impact in my legs, so I'll be at risk of breaking my heels. I've broken a heel before, and I've jumped off to a lot of things. So I How did you break of, a heel? Breaking um, a heel's a game changer a little bit, isn't it? 
Uh, it's very hard to break a heel um, <laughs> because even when you tell people I broke a heel, they'll be like, so when's your ankle getting better? Because everyone always breaks it. I saw a heel get broken from a cliff diver. Oh, he really? shattered his heel. Uh, and he jumped in the water, and it was too. I was like, well, I want to say seventy feet, and uh, he landed on his heel and shattered his heel, yeah. and it, it exploded in his foot. Yeah, so, what, is that what happened to yours? So that's what happened to me. Yeah, I. I How the fuck did down. you break a heel? I jumped down, I landed, and immediately I, I, I turned and I said, "I just broke both my heels. Don't jump, and uh, you're gonna have to go around and try to help me down." And um, this is in Arizona. Yeah, this is in Arizona, and I uh, and, and I sat there for a minute, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, well, the one is at worst just cracked or chipped a little bit. It's it's not that bad. I can tell that. Holy um, fuck! And and maybe I'm just in pain now. It's, it just happened two minutes ago. Maybe it's just bruised really badly, but. But the left one is completely fucked. I can tell the left one is fucked. And uh, turns out I didn't have any idea how fucked it actually was. But, um, but I was like, it's definitely a big, big break and maybe multiple breaks. And, um, and so uh, it was too steep for my friends or anyone else to carry me down. And so I had to crawl down <laughs> a mountain on... Uh, uh, you, you know the um, the crab walk thing that they have like little kids do in yeah. uh, in gym class, yeah. where your kind of stomach is up in the air and you're on all fours. Yeah. Um, uh, so I had to do that. I could use my right toes. I couldn't use my left foot at all. I could use my right toes Are and then my hands kidding me? to kind of scoot down. Um, and it took a couple hours <laughs> to do. I wasn't really sure where my health insurance was at at the time um, because I had just signed up for, um, well, you know, what people would call Obamacare. And, um, and I received, which uh, for all the shit that you might hear people talking about, um, the, the health care reform, I didn't have health care for about 10 years until right before the deadline, which is about two months before I got hurt. So it saved me lots and lots really? and lots of money but at the time i didn't know because i was getting letters being like you got approved for this and that and you'll get a call or someone will contact you shortly to pick a provider or service or whatever and i just kept on getting letters like that every couple of weeks and i just never heard anything i didn't really pay attention to it because i hadn't had health care in 10 years anyway i was like well as long as i'm as long as they have me in the system somewhere so i didn't I didn't want to call the ambulance. I wanted to make it to a car and drive to the hospital. I mean, I knew just I was in case have it, to you go didn't to want to pay an extra five grand yeah, for an ambulance, yeah, right? And I mean, I was I was also thinking because I know from rock climbing California, if you get hurt out in a state park in California, you can just call. They'll give you a free helicopter ride. Um, that's just uh, it's just part of California's policy. But but I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, I'm in Arizona, which is an extremely red state. You know, they might have different policies here so i don't want to call the helicopter and maybe i'm overreacting right now and and i i crawled down i finally and i was completely sober at the time and everything and and uh and i I was in a lot of pain it was interesting um you know what i i haven't talked about at all was um because well this is actually i've been in wisconsin for three 
months since this happened. This is like my first time doing anything. So thanks for having me uh, on no, your podcast. No. Um, but what one interesting because I'm very interested in how the mind works, and I study a lot of cognitive science stuff, and and it's interesting the kind of drives in the brain that motivate you to do specific things and you can be primed in certain ways like you can be primed into um mating for example all of a sudden you have an erection and and um you know you're out talking to to girls at a bar and and your standards drop and 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 you're taking more risks and and things like that and then other times you can be in like a a bad neighborhood and all of a sudden you're not thinking about your dick now you're thinking about staying alive you know and 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 this is all kind of hormones kind of uh, um dictate a lot of these changes in our in our mind and and basically the the message is is that there's there's always this kind of balance and your brain's kind of motivating you through different chemicals to drive you to do different things toward this ultimate goal of surviving and reproducing anyhow um, when I, the second I landed and broke my feet, the the first thing I thought to myself was a, what I noticed that was the most interesting was that there was a small part of me that felt like amazing, that felt like the best that I've ever felt in my entire life. And uh, that's a very small part. A, a lot of me was in a lot of pain and yeah. and, and um, you know scared, but um, but I I thought it was interesting that and and I believe it's just endorphins, uh, which is what heroin kind of replicates uh, is a synthetic endorphin um, uh, pain relief. I think a lot of endorphins are released when that happens, and and it was interesting because what was interesting about it to me is is I'm not. Uh, I'm not huge into uh, <laughs> life in general. I'm not super enthusiastic about life. I listen, I, like I listen to your podcast, and I'm like, wow, this is the most enthusiastic man. I, like, this is a man who loves life. He loves, yeah. <laughs> he loves having a good time. He wants other people to have a good time. Like, it, you're clearly it comes through very genuine. You're very oh, enthusiastic. Good. I, I mean, I have I have a lot of, and everyone has these days. But I have a lot of days where I wake up and it's just like I don't want to do anything today. What's the point of this? And and it, like you ever you ever wake up from a nightmare? Yeah. And come to this reality. Oh oh sh- oh God! Thank thank God! I guess I'm not getting murdered. And then like you go back to sleep. <laughs> like I'm gonna like you wake up into this reality. Yeah. You're like, oh normal life. I'll take my chances with the fucking murder clown. Like what the fuck? why do you do that? Going back to sleep to see if that doesn't where you start convincing yourself of other things to think about so that but you're going right back into it. Right back to the fucking rape. Uh, yeah, um, elephant man or something like that. That's raping you, and uh, and and so, so that's what I was thinking about on the way down because it was the opposite. Like the second my, uh, the second my feet broke, and I heard them break. Really? I mean, I knew immediately. Shit was. I mean, uh, in less than a second, uh, the pain response is very quick. On the, but I knew immediately shit had gone wrong, wrong, and and um. 
this, but the second there was just this part of me that's like, I want to live. Yeah. And and what's so interesting about that to me, and why uh, I'm saying it's clearly driven by this ultimate, this uh, all these chemical forces. I mean, my my um, uh, my well being had just diminished dramatically like if you were a robot without feelings or emotions you would go oh well i just took a severe hit if if life already wasn't that great before it just got a whole lot worse but that's not how i felt at the time i felt the opposite and and it reminded me of when i did my um comedy central presents back in 2009 was when it was recorded and i went and it was when I started um, comedy back um, uh, back in '04, whatever, but before that, I wanted to be a comedian since I was like eight. And then when I was a teenager, I used to watch Comedy Central. And I was like, "Wow, to get a Comedy Central present that was my big dream." I didn't yeah. have anything past that, and that seemed like unbelievable. That's never going to happen. But what the what the hell? When that happened, and I had like such a good set, and it was like I couldn't be any higher, and everything, and I had this through this after party afterwards, and all a b- bunch of families there, and high school friends, and then Comedy Central people there, and then comics that I really admire were there and hanging out, and and I felt amazing, and then there was also a part of me that felt like just this real deep depression. Oh, I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah. Anytime, anytime. What, I, my, I, did, I did my hour in 2009. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was sober for like a month going into it. I worked really hard on my hour. I was very proud of that hour. Uh, and I, I did it. And it was uh, sold out for real, like genuinely sold out. And I went, ooh, that's, I mean, like, I mean, I'm sure they papered a lot of the room, but it was genuinely sold, like, packed. And I was like, nice. And I had a great fucking set. And I, I mean, I had a great set. When I got done, I remember my manager gave me a hug. She was like, you know, this is the greatest fucking moment. This is going to change things. And I had this fucking general morose, is it morose? Just over me, like, and I just was like, I thought it would be bigger. Yeah, I thought it would feel different. I thought it would. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought maybe like someone would be back there with a contract. We need you to sign. Like I don't know what I thought. I know, but it was extremely anticlimactic. And then we, everyone went back to my house, and um, I, my my wife had gotten a tour bus for everyone, all our friends, to come from L.A. to go to. I didn't get in the tour bus. I drove myself home. Right. And uh, and I remember I had a bottle of Jameson uh, that was like a twenty five year old bottle of Jameson. And I, as soon as I walked in, everyone's like, congratulations. And they opened the Jameson. And I was like, I don't feel like drinking. I was like, I think I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> and everyone's like, really? I go, yeah. And I, it's, it's the thing that is holding me back from doing another hour because I don't really care. Like, I, I don't, like I, that feeling is, I don't. It's a strange feeling. It's a strange I, fucking. I've, I've thought about it a lot. Um, and I, I, I mean, one, it's kind of an important feeling. And it's important to know that. Everything in life is going to be like that, but that, that goes for the lows as well, mm-hmm. you know. I, and as far as I'm concerned, um, I try to have as neutral of a state as I can with, with everything. And, and I I, get, I, do you I think that's to, a protection cl- clause? Like, because I remember, I remember thinking, 
I had the same feeling when I was like, I, I was telling this to my daughter the other day. I, was, I had the same feeling in like 2001, 2000. Well, it was definitely before 2000. It was definitely before 2001, considering what today is. Because I remember, yeah. So uh, in 2000, I was remember one morning, I was going home from this chick's house. I was, I had, I was making a lot of money. I was on a TV show, and I had a, like a nice car. I remember I was like I was living the life I thought I wanted to live. I was in a basketball jersey, nice watch, driving down Hollywood, going to the set, had a cup of coffee with me, listening to Ja Rule. I can tell you where I was. I was on Franklin and uh and um uh what's the street like just after the UCB? Oh, uh, I don't know LA and, at but all. But I was like I was like I was sitting there and I was like it was a cold morning. I love cold mornings in the winter. I love them in LA. I love like the brisk mornings. And I remember sitting there just with this general, like, fucking boredom going, huh, I thought I'd be happier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the thing is about that, uh, from, my, from my perspective, uh, because the, the main thing that I'm mostly into, and I, I just did uh, our special um, mating season, which is on Netflix, which I, I touched on this a little bit. It's kind of very dumbed down and accessible for right people. Yeah, yeah, people can get it right I'm gonna now. I'm going to watch it tonight. Um, but... Um, I just kind of wanted to wade into the water with a couple little ideas. I got really into evolutionary psychology and biology stuff a while back, and and I understand everyone has different beliefs and everything else. But but from an evolutionary perspective, it's kind of helped me shed light on some of this because any organism is is kind of has been programmed to you know reach and try to get a little more than what they have. And so, in a sense, that no matter what you're going to get, you you, you have, I mean, having like an ultimate goal of something, um, you might set something now, like, I want a mansion, right? But the brain doesn't just like get a mansion and then shut off and stop wanting things. I mean, in a way, we're kind of yeah. bottomless pits of want. If, if you, I mean, if you give your dog... Uh, nothing but treats. He's not gonna be like, no, I've had enough. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe once he's throwing them up, but then his standards are gonna be raised as well, yeah. and then he's only gonna want treats from now on and not have anything else. And and I do think um, a bit of where um, depression comes from, which I I think is important in all this. Everyone's talking about depression right now, and um, everyone's treating it like so much of an illness, which chronic depression certainly is, but. No one talks about the adaptive function of depression, which is the difference between, uh, like, the difference between depression and chronic depression is like the difference between a fear and a phobia. Fear, meant to keep you alive, like a little more of a fear of heights would have kept me from <laughs> breaking both of my feet, right? Yeah. But um, a phobia, a, a phobia that can cripple your life. Uh, it keeps you in the car at base camp, going. I can't get. I, I can't do this. Right, right, and um, and so like a very simplified version of and and this is this is kind of an unsatisfactory theory, but it it's simple enough to understand is um, when when two monkeys fight, they the guy that wins gets this seems to get this big boost in self-esteem which makes a whole lot of sense he's just raised his level on the social hierarchy he's just gotten all these new mating opportunities and now he has this confidence which is a mechanism which is like okay come reap the rewards of of this new win that you have and and now now you know that you're 
good enough at fighting guys, at least at that level. Um, and the guy that doesn't win seems to seemingly gets depressed. Now, what their idea of depression is in the humans might be different, but but what depression in that case, in that very particular case, seems to be, is a mechanism that is like, okay, let's not rush into doing that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> and going and getting my ass kicked over and over again. If you didn't have a mechanism that would stop you from just making oh. the same mistake over and over again. So what, de- <laughs> what depression seems to be in, in an overly uh, simplified version is something that can make you sit back and go, wait a second, how can I shift my strategy a little bit? Maybe, maybe I can try grooming some more ladies instead. Maybe I can try forming alliances instead and, and figure out a new strategy to raise my That's social genius. standing. That's my, right. my depression all is derived from me fucking up. Right. It's all me fucking up. Yeah. Me and- talking shit about someone on a podcast or having or, – or, or or uh, or getting drunk and saying something inappropriate, or doing something inappropriate, or taking a chance on radio when I maybe didn't really feel that chance was vi- viable, and then I come back and I'm like, motherfucker, what if someone hears that? That is where all my depression is derived from. My depression is not derived from, or or living unhealthy. Right. But when I live healthy, and I'm doing the right thing, I don't wake up with depression. Right, God right. Damn it, man! Are, did yeah, you go to college? So, no, I didn't. It's Are you just fucking I got me? Interested in? So, um, uh, do you do a podcast? What's up? Do you do a podcast? I just started a new one. Actually, I I did one with my um with my ex. It was a double date podcast. It was her and I and another couple each week. And then uh, we broke up back in April, right before this happened. Actually, yeah. so I've gone through a lot of life changes. Um, oh fuck! But uh, it, we're still very good friends. I was dating uh, April Macy. Who I don't know if you know April. I know Macy. April she's, very well. Yeah, she's uh, we were dating for a few years. We're still very very good friends. She's I'm actually crashing with her. Um, the week that I'm in town here, um, and uh, wonderful, wonderful girl. She wanted to get married. I didn't, and um, and so uh, yeah. that was that. Um, but but um, oh fuck! It, it, I lost my train of thought a little bit. I um, so uh, one thing that I I wanted to say as far as like you get something big. I mean, what I've often thought of is. Um, is now now take that information that uh, that I was just talking about with the monkeys and the hierarchy. Well, now the thing is, is our life is so much more complicated than the one that we evolved in, and it's nowhere near as straightforward. And we really weren't built for this world, but we still have these same mechanisms. Like like say you talking for, about monkey world? Uh, yeah, yeah. So like say the stress response. By the way, that couldn't have sounded dumber coming out of my mouth. No, you talking no. about monkey world? I love I love <laughs> saying monkey world. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it, some, I love saying monkeys, and sometimes like scientists will come to my shows or whatever, and they'll be like, you know, we're apes. Actually, you know the difference. And like, yeah, I know we're apes, but saying monkeys is fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so anyhow, um, th- the thing is, is we still have like, take the stress response, for example, which is pretty much the same in all mammals. What happens is, um, some predator comes by and, and all of a sudden you need to allocate energy to what needs to be done. So your digestion shuts down and your, um, uh, 
it, this is no time to have an erection. Let's shut down the sex drive. You know, let's let's power all all of the let's get all the power going to the to the legs. These glute yeah. cords so it's really give you power to uh, really make you sprint away, and then you get away from danger, and then you get this appetite back and uh, to replenish the calories you just burned and everything else. And and so there so. Um, so there's still this old response that we have. Unfortunately, we now live in a modern world where we're sitting in a traffic jam having this same stress response as if we were being chased by a lion. And it's becoming a chronic thing because now rather than having to run for five minutes and, okay, this was a good little response and now I'm recovering, um, people are white-knuckling life. And, and eventually um, that's kind of burning out a lot of... Uh, various systems in the body and causing a lot of problems for Sweet. people. Let me s- stop you and I'm yeah. going to tell you about me, which I, w- I want you to do this. I want to do I w- now. Now I want to do a show with you where you simply do the voiceover, but they follow me and you uh, comment I, on what's going on in me because sometimes like I do a lot of dangerous shit for my show. Yeah. Sometimes that's stre- what you just said. This is no time for an erection. We can't eat. We got to flee, but there's no fleeing. Like I'm maybe jumping out of a plane or, right, or right. doing a cliff jump or or doing a rope, uh, doing a canyon swing, or a bungee jump out of a tree, or something. By the way, heights. I don't have a phobia of it, but heights, uh, heights, does make you two, make you nervous a little. I mean, they me should. They should make everyone nervous. nervous. They should be making me nervous so that I'm yeah. not sitting here with two broken feet. That's why you feel that nervousness. I was 200 feet up in a redwood, and I'm and and I and I had, I guess what could only be called a moment of clarity, which is. Uh, Oh, this is just a tree. Like this hasn't been certified by any board of standards. Right. No pencil pushers taking a look at this tree. No pun intended. But like, no guy has green lit this. This is just a fucking tree. Yeah. They go down. Lightning strikes them. Wind knocks, and wind's blowing the tree, and the tree's moving very naturally. But I'm holding on. I'm, I'm harnessed in, but I'm holding on for dear fucking life. I'm cutting my forearms on the bark. And I can't reach around the tree. It's a goddamn redwood. Like, I can't reach around. I'm just holding on to whatever I can hold on to, panicking. And I went, oh, my. It was like a moment of clarity going, like, it is beautiful. I mean, the kid I was with was like, isn't it gorgeous? Listen, dude, there's nothing. You can't hear a thing. This is nature. But part of me is going, oh, this is how you could die. This is death. And and My hands are sweating telling you this story right now. And there's no nowhere in our ancestral past where we doing shit like that or jumping out of airplanes and yeah. we just aren't our bodies aren't equipped to be like oh it's fine i'm wearing a parachute your brain doesn't know what the fuck parachutes are on a subconscious level and i think i think that's a similar thing with um with depression sometimes and um and like the stress response for example i sometimes make a joke on stage it's about how um, you know, the stress response is for like part of a stress response in, in a lot of species and including us in extreme stress is, um, is you'll shit um, in the redwood, in the redwood. Yeah. I started, I, I felt like I had to shit regressively right. and I started farting. Yeah. I started farting really bad. And I, by the way, I have two travelers up there. I have the girl up there. We're supposed to be jump bungee jumping. Right. Out of it. And I start farting aggressively to the point where it was like, and there were deep, rich ones and, and they weren't moving. And the, I mean, the, one of the guys had to fucking shimmy over to another tree. He was so disgusted. And the girl I was with couldn't move. And it, but I, and I was like, I'm shitting my pants right now. But you're right. I start like my body's like, it's we need to shit right now. And the adaptive function of that is that 
to drop a few pounds so you can run faster. Really? <laughs> yeah. And, but now we're wearing pants and stuff, so it makes no sense in our modern world. Yeah. And I think a lot of life is like that. Um, and I, I think that's where where some of that depression stuff is coming in because if you're you have this success, like I did in my Comedy Central Presents, and it's like, oh, I thought that that was just going to raise my status on this hierarchy, but you can't really see that. Like it's not like like monkeys can be like, there's that guy. Um, he he's he's the worst. That, that's the dude everyone picks on. That yeah. poor fucker. And then and everyone knows their place and their rank. But we live in a world full of all these subjective um, realities and and hierarchies where we're just making up shit. People, are, uh, I mean, comics are like, uh, why does why does Jeff Dunham have a successful? It's like he's not on. He's a he's doing fucking puppets. He's doing a different thing than you. Yeah. You're a stand-up comedian. Like, why are you worried about that guy? He's not taking spots that that you were going to get. He's taking fucking puppet spots. If puppeteers want to be mad at him, but no, <laughs> yeah. he's yeah. not fucking taking work away from me. Yeah. It, you know, he's not doing uh, the funny bone uh, <laughs> in fucking Columbus. I don't. I, I'm not b- battling Jeff. I'm not battling anybody. I look at it like sometimes. Right. I feel like I feel like I I just. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I did feel like that probably younger. I probably felt like... I remember me and... Uh, I, I remember sitting around with a bunch of comics and we were like, how do you... By the way, I'm not praising Jeff Donovan. Or, no, 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 no. I know what you're saying. I'm no. just saying. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't care. So, um, so yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I, I see what you're saying and I feel like maybe that is what happens is... I feel like I'm a monkey who gets in a lot of fights and then... Um, and wins... But not like decisively. Like <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like the other monkeys just like, dude, what are we fighting about? And I'm like, I need to start getting more bitches uh, in the fucking pack. Right, and he's like, right. fine, get them. But I'm, but let's just walk away and like call it a draw. And I go, but you're saying I won. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, but it's a draw, really. I go, because I don't want to fight either. And he's like, okay. I feel like my 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 career is just a bunch of monkey fights that win in a draw, but I still am winning. But I'm not. Right. I'm not winning decisively. I'm not beating the shit out of the monkey and then fucking him in the ass. That and success in life uh, for us means a million different things. Are you a successful father? Um, that's no. one thing. Are Are you? Uh, you know, do you have a nice car? That's a different thing. No. Are Are you? A, are Are you the life of this party? Yeah, there you uh, go. You uh, just you reach know. for that one though. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You're like, uh, yeah. I gotta find are, one. Then are, are you Are you better than this comedian or, or whatever? It, yeah. So there's all these different uh, hierarchies, and I think that. I think that's a little bit too much sometimes for what our primitive brain is trying to take in. And the and I think that the reason the only reason why I bring it up is because with all this talk about depression and people treating it like it's this um, horrific mental illness that when anyone feels the slightest bit of depression, quick run, get it out of your head. Oh, it's not. There must be something wrong with you. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you. Everyone feels that way sometimes, and they actually do studies where they have people. Um, just sit and write down their problems, and afterwards they feel so. M- and it's that's the opposite of what most people are doing in their life. Yeah. You get you get bummed out. You're like fucking. I'll veg out in front of the TV. That's what I did. I hurt myself. I spent two weeks in front of the TV trying not to think about it. But I didn't start feeling better until I started addressing the problem and started writing about how i felt and what i had gone through god you know so wait, can you take me back to the 
Oh, and by the way, book. I'm starting a new podcast. That's what you asked about, and I forgot. Yes. I just did the first one yesterday. It was actually I was supposed to do the first one the week that my feet got broken. What was um, it? I'm just traveling around uh, the country um, interviewing scientists about um, what makes us who we are. Oh, so fuck. I love that. You, you, man, you, you know Joe Rogan at all? Um, yeah, I, I don't. I've never met him. I mean, I've, you and him would get along so fucking well. You guys are both very smart people. Very, very, very different men, but yeah. very similar in so many ways. Because he is he he's smart like you are in that he doesn't just take things for what they're worth. He investigates. He's inquisitive. He's curious, and and he's extremely thoughtful. And uh, he's one of the uh, like. And I say this: I'm very blessed to have a, f- a handful of friends that I that I f- that I feel like I can count on and like and like and joe's one of those guys that like you and i honestly i'm going to reach out to try to continue a friendship with you yeah, yeah. and not like I, i'm not trying to suck your dick but like uh <laughs> that's what i always fear is when anyone wants to be friends with me i was like they're gay because so, i'm such a prize but uh but like i i love people that are different i than just me. read your will smith chapter in your yeah. book by the way <laughs> yes exactly i thought elliot gould wanted to fuck me too elliot gould was gave me his number i was like hmm, here we go <laughs> So, uh, but, um, but yeah, so, so Uh, yeah, I I wish I've been, um, I've never lived in LA and then I moved here for April a few years ago and I was just a hermit. I'm a road guy and I kind of, when I was back here, I was like, I just want to chill out in Malibu and rock climb and stuff. So I never got out. Now that I'm single, I want to start getting out and and talking to people again and all of that. Yeah, I do know Ari. Have you done this podcast before? No, I haven't. I'm going to, I'm going to text him. I'm going to text him now a few times. He's busy. Know, these but, next two weeks but you're around right yeah yeah I'm i'll text around, ari yeah. and dunk you know duncan um i know of him but oh, again man. Like, there's I, so I many fucking guys i mean I i'm telling you like the fucking handful of guys that i think are really special people joey diaz i was with last night joey Diaz did one of the funniest things i've ever fought i met, let my daughters listen to it this morning i don't have my phone or i'd fucking play it for you joey gave a fucking heartfelt very unthoughtful speech about 9-11 <laughs> like he had put no thought into it and it but it was with the national anthem going off and it's at the end of the podcast and it's so joey and i was fucking giggling in bed last night falling asleep and i listened to it again and i listened to it with my daughters and he's like and my daughter uh, just a part of it not the whole thing but joey's one of those guys there's a lot of guys man uh, yeah i you know and and part of what it is because i always like doing festivals and i it, that's pretty much all, all of my guy. friends in the business are from just partying at festivals with people yeah um and because i'm a bit of a hermit and i'm a little too comfortable with that and i know I, so i'm gonna start going out and making all of those social connections that are important every everything but i when i got into this business it's kind of See, the reason why you drink and the reason why I drank were two different things. I, I drank for, like, medicine, and you drink to have a good time, I, yeah. I, I think, more than... I mean, we all might be self-medicating in a way or two, but... I'm self-medicating sometimes. But, um, but I, I drank because I, like, when I was in, um, in school and in adolescence and everything, I was always a very shy kid, and I always kind of felt... A, little bit like a loser even though i wasn't really i was everyone liked me just fine i had enough friends but i wasn't one of the popular kids and for whatever reason i wanted to be that was really important to me and um and alcohol allowed me to start talking more um uh, you know got rid of my crippling shyness and 
And so I kind of carried that with me into I started comedy out in Boston. And then in Boston, I was kind of, you know, the life of the party around and a comic that everyone was talking about. And kind Did of you a do big a tour with Daniel Tosh? No. Did no, you do? I, 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 God damn it. Um, I feel like we might have partied one night. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure that we have. I blacked out all the time. I used to hang out around like the Comedy Central folks a bit. So you started in, New York. in Boston? Yeah, yeah. And then, um, I, but I was just going to say that, like, when I, I got to feel what it was like to be, like, really popular and all of that and have lots of friends and everyone, you know, want to be you and that sort of thing. And after a few years of that, I was kind of rather embarrassed that that was an important part of my life because I was like, huh, that's not what I, like you were saying with the, I was like, that's not what I thought it was going to be. And why do I care so much about needing every single person, um, to like me? And, and, um, and I actually genuinely love just sitting by myself and reading a book or something. I've been reading your book this week and, um, and, and I love doing that. And, and I was like, well, why not just do what you actually like doing rather than forcing yourself to get blacked out drunk enough so you can talk to people and have a good time. And now that I'm a fucking adult and 34 years old, now I can talk with people yeah. and I'm comfortable. To, you know, 27, I'm is a, 27 is a rough age because you're supposed to be an adult or 29, 30 is a rough age. Right. So if you're supposed to be an adult on paper. You're an adult in, in 1935. You're almost an old man. Right. And then, but then, or you're middle-aged. But nowadays, you're still such a kid and you haven't developed. I, I look at myself at 30, man. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was until I was like, I really don't think I knew who I was artistically until I was like 37. And then, and now I'm just kind of figuring out who I am on stage a little bit more. Like I, I took... Uh, not, uh, I, I just talked about stuff on stage that I maybe wasn't connected with. I yeah. told a story about, to Joey Diaz last night on his podcast about... I remember getting really bad advice when I wanted to get in at the Laugh Factory and someone was like... This guy was like fucking famous and he was like, if you really want to get in the fat Laugh Factory, what you need to do is get a bag of weed and go party with Jamie. And I was like, okay. So I got a bag of weed. I mean, it's like... It's like the worst advice I've ever gotten in my life. I got a bag of weed and then I gave it to Jamie. I gave it to him. Like, so uncomfortable. Like, it was so uncomfortable. I didn't know Jamie. I'd known Jamie like two times. He knew my name. I'd want to say, Here's a bag of weed. Can I do your It was in an envelope. It was in an envelope. It was how uncomfortable this was. I gave him a bag of weed and envelope. And I was like, But I didn't even know what to say. I was like, Hey, this is for you. And he was like, Oh, you want to get high? And I was like, I didn't. I don't even like getting high that much, and so I was like, "Hell yeah!" So we went right. up to that little, that little like uh, opium den type room in the Laugh Factory above uh, okay. the fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I want to say it's his office, maybe. Right. And smoked, and I'm sitting there, and I was like, I felt so out of integrity. So I was like, "This is not who I am." Any of my friends in college would look at me and go, "This is the equivalent of the casting couch for me." Like I'm going, it, like, and it was so, and I got passed. Like I then got I got passed, but I don't, I don't know if it was because he saw my stand up or not. But like I could call in avails, and I just stopped calling in avails because I was like, "This is not me. I don't. I, that was not me. That is no part of who I am." And at thirty, I want to say at thirty f- fucking nine, thirty eight, I found out who I was, and I was like, "Hold on, I'm a very different man than the guy that says yes all the time, to the the guy that doesn't speak his opinion. I'm a very different guy, and uh, and I and I've changed drastically." 
But right. man, I remember that moment. I remember that moment sitting in there. I was I was sitting uh, back to sunset. I remember this distinctly because I remember feeling so uncomfortable that I was like, "This isn't me." It was the equivalent of me doing gay porn. That was the equivalent of me whoring myself out and not letting my comedy do the and just being like, "I party. I'm I'm the guy that does drugs." But I'm not. That's so not who I am. Yeah, that was a lot of um, and 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 that's I guess why are my passion for some of this evolutionary biology and psychology stuff came from a few years ago i kind of started looking at myself and thinking about what was driving my behavior and things like oh. and, and my behavior were, up until i was 30 that was i that happened when i was 20 not 28 years old yeah and i remember thinking i mean i did no growth i did no growth for the next 10 years i just stayed in that habit of fucking going to clubs and I mean, fucking, I can't even express to you how many times I drank with people I did not want to sit with. And I just sat and drank with them because they owned a club. And I was like, I'm your boy. And I'd listen to them say, like, horrifically racist things. And I'd just not state my opinion. I'd be like, ah, whatever. And you you just sit there and be what people wanted you to be. And I'm still a version of that at some part. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you, you need to do that just for social lubricant. Yeah, you, you can't just be calling everyone else out on what they have wrong ideas about how in public. Do you know Jerry Rocha? Uh, yeah. Jerry yeah. Rocha. I remember Jerry Rocha was with me one night. He was featuring, and I was doing what I do, and then Jerry just looked at me, and I was like, you going to hang out? And he's like, nah. And then he just left. Yeah. I was like, I wish I could do that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I had um, some real moments like that a few years ago, and I was thinking about kind of why we, how we advertise ourselves, how we're naturally driven to advertise yeah. ourselves, and and drawing attention to ourselves and the things that we buy and uh, what we talk about. You know, right now me trying to sound smart, like I know what the fuck I'm talking about and everything like that, and and I started thinking about things like, why do I smoke cigarettes? Uh, well, I was trying to fit in when I was uh, 15 years old. And, oh, don't and wait, get me started. Skip forward to 16 years later, and here I am with these fucking miserable sticks, which, uh, you, you know, before I said I, I, w- I would never tell anyone not to drink, I will tell people never smoke a fucking cigarette. Cigarettes are the worst fucking thing. If you smoke them, quit smoke. That, that is something I will en- uh, evangelically preach. Do you still smoke? smoke? No, no, I I quit cold turkey, man. I just had a fucking mental breakdown, and part of, part of like, I was like, I need to do something in my life. Like, I stopped trusting my own decision making, and I was like, I just need to do something that is objectively good that anyone could be like, that's a good idea, and like, no matter what my brain tries to tell me to do and what my instincts drive me to do or these impulses that I have, I'm not going to listen to them. I'm just going to do this one goal. And that one goal was quitting smoking at the time. And then I set other goals for myself later. But but that was like a big life-changing moment for me, actually, was quitting smoking cigarettes. Really? That was a bigger change in my life than alcohol, which, I mean, I, I, who knows? I might even go back to drinking yeah. alcohol eventually. I, I, was, I, I was like, I wonder if they had, if when I was a kid, that, that's a really fascinating viewpoint is that you're, you look at like, uh, look at like, um, who's the pitcher from the Red Sox that just got throat cancer? Ah, sorry, um, I'm not a sports guy. Uh he had the blood on his sock during the World Series. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. 
He just got introduced. Their combos. They're fucking. Fantastic. I know. I, well, I thought I better go grab them so you could get your combos plug in. Yeah, I, oh, I like that. I like that you're not getting paid by them. Not getting paid by them. They I, just send I me don't products. Know how combos isn't paying you. Uh, when it's uh, you talk about them on every episode. I've tried to do a combos comedy tour. I don't think it's going to happen. I have mm-hmm. a feeling that they're. I have a feeling that. Maybe they'd want, uh, uh, and rightfully so, they have a brand. They would, they would go and they'd see a comedian. They'd be like, "Combos do not endorse right." <laughs> combos, combos does not, listen. Combos doesn't really stand about ISIS. <laughs> this, the guys who combos is poor. just getting angry letters about like, I can't believe what uh, you guys think about abortion. <laughs> Uh, I, I like your snack. snack I like your snack, but every time I eat one, I think about abortion. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, combos. I don't know if it's gonna happen. We got a letter uh, at, talking about the tour, and they were like, "We'd love to hear what it looks like." And uh, and I mean, I don't want to get into it, but it, it, I, I'm just afraid. I'm afraid that the comics I would want to put on the tour maybe would have to be vetted and their material i mean i toured for jameson and jameson had notes you know next time you're feeling like a little bit depressed or bummed out about life you should remind yourself that you you found yourself in a position in life <laughs> that you can be like hey i like these dumb combo things <laughs> and you know what i'm gonna call combos yeah. uh, and combos will be like yeah we'll hear what he has to say <laughs> like, even if they don't <laughs> do it which is in my opinion probably a terrible idea for their business it Sorry. might be a terrible <laughs> idea they don't have <laughs> a foot in the stand-up comedy door at all i mean i mean that's what's great about it is that they're still like yeah we'll pay this drunk guy to go around and like, <laughs> put combos around on tables and stuff. <laughs> they, <It's> not- <laughs> I mean, it was such a great idea in my head i yeah, was like yeah. two comics Right? Combos. Yeah, the combination of yeah. comedians. Combos. Two yeah. comics, two headliners. You get a local opener. Combos on every table. One guy's cheesy. Yeah, one guy's cheesy. <laughs> and one guy's a little salty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not real happy with that. <laughs> I kind of like water parks. <laughs> <laughs> that was some great oh. characters. <laughs> the first, the first one. The, the first... water parks were. <laughs> Just, I don't cheesy. know. It's like it what awesome. I but, uh, but yeah, the. The first, my initial instinct was I tried these uh, these buffalo blue cheese combos, and they're so fucking good. I tried. Yeah. Them. I was on a. I was on a. I was driving in a car. That's what I'm having right now. They're so fucking good. Yeah. I mean, it's like I, it was so crazy. I was in San Diego. I like corn nuts too. I'm a corn nut. I don't guy. like corn nuts. You know what? I don't like corn nuts. Are horrible in social situations. If I was if I was combos slandering corn nuts, I would talk. about... I would show like a guy in a car eating corn nuts, and then like the person in the car, like, oh, that stinks. What are you? <laughs> Get those things away from me because they're just such a such a strong smell. I guess combos are a little bit as well. But when I was in seventh grade, all the hot chicks ate corn nuts. Corn nuts. <laughs> all the hot chicks. There was like this is you want to talk about social. What are you talking about? In seventh grade, all the hot chicks. Only would, the hot girls. All. all Dude, I've talked about this but girl like, before. But like the ugly girls, like they'd slap them out of it. Oh, you think you're hot enough for corn nuts? Dude, Get out the of here, hot Debbie. chicks. Here's well, this is how it worked. The hot, the ugly girls ate shit out of the vending machine. The hot chicks knew dudes who could go up the street and get slush puppies and corn nuts. <laughs> And so if you were a hot chick, you knew a guy that was older that could drive during break down the street, get slush puppy and corn nuts, and come back. And 
I mean, I mean, the, all the hot chicks had corn nuts, and I was like, I gotta get some corn nuts. And the and uh, the, that's great, great deal for a lady. Much better deal for the guy that spent three bucks to get laid. Yeah, <laughs> for slushy and corn. Nuts. Laura Greco, Hartley Watson. These are two chicks I remember eating corn nuts. They went to Berkeley with me, and I remember looking at them, and I was like, here's what I got to do. I got to get on, get on some corn nuts, get used <laughs> to them, and be comfortable with them so the next time I have some corn nuts, I can be like, oh, can I get a corn nut? I love these things. And then casually drop in. I was in seventh fucking grade, and they're high schoolers. But casually drop in, or maybe they'd see me eating corn nuts. <laughs> so, and I love slush puppies. Maybe they'd see me eating corn nuts. <laughs> so I remember think my mom. I was an interesting oh, guy. I fucking got a bunch of bag of corn nuts. And, <laughs> and I was like, and what I liked was combos. I love uh, combos. This is like, I, this is what I enjoy about your enthusiasm. <laughs> Because me telling this same story about my mid- middle school experience is like, God, this is so embarrassing oh, and horrific. No. Can you believe it? Oh, it gets so much more embarrassing. I, I was did not know who I was. I, I loved uh, hip-hop and reggae, yeah. but I refused to listen to it out loud. When, the gr- when I talked to a girl on the phone, I'd switch. I had two tape cassette players. Remember those things? You probably don't. There were two tape cassette players yeah, in your yeah. thing. Of course and I'd do. have one listen to what I did. My phone rang. I'd switch it over, and it would be like Susie and the Banshees or something that I thought chicks liked. And so <laughs> oh, I, got, wow. I got my mom to buy me corn nuts. And, uh, and, uh, that's a, that, that tape thing, that's actually fucking brilliant. That's a, that's a brilliant idea. That oh, I- I'd listen to the Fat Boys, and then if my phone rang, I'd be like, They'll be like, Bert, and I'd be like, chick, chick, and then click, click, and then I'm like, hello, and I'd be like, or whatever, but yeah, and so I tried corn nuts, and I tried to like get into them, and I, 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 I buy, this, now I'm being way too vulnerable and telling you way too much, I have shitty teeth. Not now, because they all got knocked out with a baseball bat. But after oh. they got knocked out with a baseball bat, I just had really bad teeth. A and baseball the- bat's the best thing that ever happened to you. Oh. Those are gorgeous teeth. You I, got know, now. I know. Then my daughter knocked her front two out twice. Oh. And so, uh, and you get better teeth. When you get them knocked out, you get better teeth. You get perfect teeth. Yeah. And so, uh, but I could never chew corn nuts. They were too hard. So I'd suck on them to try to soften them up. But then I looked like a fucking, just <laughs> like sucking on corn nuts. And everyone's like, what are you doing? I was like, nothing. So I just dropped corn nuts altogether. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> So I can't. I cannot get into corn nuts to this day. I probably you have, have a them. real history with corn nuts. Dude, I couldn't eat fruit. I don't think anyone has such a history. I don't yeah. think that the guy that invented corn nuts ha- it, it has such a deep attached history. No, no, to no. Corn nuts. You've thought a lot about this. <laughs> no, I uh, yeah. I've I have uh, I have a massive vulnerabilities that I have a hard time. I don't have a hard time sharing on the podcast. Oh, that's like, I love podcasts, man. I love, I love. That's why I, I I was like, because I've been working on some ideas to pitch and stuff over the last few years, and I made the special mating season, which ultimately I'm not a hundred percent satisfied. You know, with the idea in my head of what it was going to be and what the ultimate product was, it's fine, but it's like a little goofier and sillier than I kind of wish I would have got. Like my new act that I'm doing in clubs is a lot more kind of about the stuff that we've been talking about today, only funny. And I'm a little more interested in that. And um, but but I I thought to myself I was like, okay, if I could just if I didn't have to take notes from managers or agents or any uh, anything else or like TV people changing things and what would I do? And I was just like, in the process of doing this, I've had some lunches with some scientists that. I'm like, man, if I would have just recorded that conversation, it would have blown people's minds. I'm like, well, why don't I just go around and learn about life from people that are smarter than me? 
and now I get to do whatever I want to do because you can just get a Zoom recorder, which is what I uh, have, and a couple nice microphones, and, and you can go and talk freely about whatever the hell you want. It can be as long as you want to. I mean, I'm sure this is old news, and everyone's probably praising how wonderful podcasts are on every podcast, but they really are fantastic. I mean, oh, yeah. It's just great. Oh, I, I like, I'll tell you what I like doing. I just realized my phone's in here. I don't know where I put it. Mm. I like it I like promoting I like promoting oh, it's in my fucking pocket. I like promoting good podcasts where I where I tell you like Dan I've turned my whole crew for my for my TV show I've turned them on to Dan Carlin. You listen to Dan Carlin? No, I haven't. Hardcore history is oh yeah, you're a history guy. I, I, I love history. It. See, I it's like a, that's just. Like when I hear you talk about history, I'm like, "Whoa, this guy knows a, a lot of shit." But it's like it's your particular thing. Just it's about, like, it's it's just not one I'm interested. Just like in. I have one thing that I'm interested in, so I know a lot. I'm about interested. This I'm thing. genuinely interested in comedy. I'm genuinely yeah. interested in comedians and comedians' opinions and comedians' viewpoints. I feel like I learn so much just from hearing opposing viewpoints, from hearing someone tell you something that you never really. Oh, I'm, that's Opie and Anthony or Opie and Jim. Yeah, like, but um, um like. People's history of uh, the United States, or so compared oh. compared to compared to what you're taught in, in fourth grade history classes. And I love applying Very what I know to be the history. I don't know Dan Carlin's podcast, Hardcore History, is so fucking good. I mean, we listened to the we listened to one he did uh, the uh, something of Prophets of Armageddon. I think we listened to it on the car ride through Wisconsin or through Minnesota the other night. Just lights out, everyone in the car just sitting there staring straight ahead. I mean, fucking. Five grown men with kids, or two, two, all, four, four of us have kids, just staring, not talking, listening, and then, right. hey, pause that. Wait, I have a question. Or it wasn't, it was, it was, uh, it was about world, the beginning of World War I. And we're like, wait, so the Archduke, uh, Franz Ferdinand, had, uh, had a baby hand? He had a baby arm? And we're like, oh my God. So then we go in and we start researching this guy. Oh, it's, it was, it's, it's fucking fascinating. But anyway, I, I, would, I would listen to your podcast in a heartbeat. Well, I think what I think what the great thing about podcasts are compared to being a stand-up is like, I mean, people have such a short attention span for stand-up. These I used to listen to Bob Newhart do like a five-minute-long setup to a joke, a great joke, but it took him five fucking minutes to set this up, and an audience just sitting there listening. Yeah. Not a single laugh for five minutes, and then the payoff. You can't fucking do that in a comedy club anymore. No. You got about 30 seconds. I sometimes try to set up uh, things about cognitive biases and shit in the brain, and it's like, all right, how can I say this in 40 seconds? Because that's all I got, and then I better start applying this to dicks. Um <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it's so much easier to understand. We were like, no, no erections. We don't have time for that. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Absolutely. Thought. I mean, it is. Sex is an enormous part of our psychology and what drives us. I mean, it's the ultimate. Oh. It's why we're here. It's it's we're here wait, because of wait. billions of years of reproduction. Take me back to the crab crawl. You get in the car. Yeah. Like, do you have any pictures of your feet during that time? Um. Yeah. I want to see. Because I want to know, because uh, like, I had foot, them. I had foot they're problems. On, they're definitely on my Facebook. I have foot um, problems. I have plantar fasciitis. It's a fat man's disease, and uh, and I popped a tendon under my foot. And when you lose mobility, the god damn it! I might have to. Um, I'll look on your Facebook. I I I will. It's Facebook Shane comedy fan. 
because you got to have a fan page. Do, here's a question for you. Shoot. Um, do you know what the fuck is going on with the fan page and the regular page? Is there a way I can get rid of my regular Facebook page so nobody goes to it and no. just have the fan page? Do you know? Oh, right now it's right now. Shit? I just went to the other one. It says go to my exactly. fan page. How do you pronounce your last name? Moss. Moss. Yeah. Um. Uh. There's someone. What? what who's your manager? So, um, my manager is um, Matt Oshaker with New Wave. Um, oh. And I actually. Oh. I don't ever heard of him. I actually, uh, I I fired my PA rep in uh, in April um, because someone else wanted me, and then. Um, and then when I was like, okay, so I did that. And then they're like, oh, I just checked. And they say their roster is full, like the higher ups. And they can't. So this guy, like, fucking just left me hanging out to dry. And now I don't have a PA rep. So, what is it? Uh, Shane Comedy? My, my career's been page? fucked for six months. Um, well, it's not like you could do much. Shane Comedy fan. Yeah, I had to clear my summer schedule. Um, I'm going to. I might show you. I can't you fucking. I really genuinely so, can't find your page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's fucking irritating. Um, is it all one word? Yeah, Facebook slash Shane Comedy Fan. Um, if, if you put in Shane Moss in a search, M A U S S, you'll find it. Um, I found it. So, so I uh, to to finish the story. I'll, I'll try to show you some pictures afterwards because my phone is irritating. Um, but I I got in a car after crawling down a mountain for um, two or three hours. Got in a car, and I actually happened to have, um, accidentally had the vape pen that Doug's, Doug's that Blackout Doug X. Gave me, yeah, that Doug gave me from his podcast, which I unknowingly took across state borders and everything else and into Arizona. And I was like, shit, shit I got that pen in my car. So is that the foot that I'm looking at right now? Ah, oh, yeah. Wait, let me see the other side of it. So you still have bandages on it. So that was uh, right after the surgery. And then there's some really horrific pictures um, of what it looked like like five weeks after that. Five weeks after that? Yeah. Oh! Oh! Uh, you see it? Oh! Oh, Looks like you were bit by a fucking snake. <laughs> Walk, oh, my God. Okay, t- go, to, go to Facebook, Shane Comedy uh, Page. You found the one. Yeah, and it's all one word. Just type in all one word, Shane Comedy Page, and imagine what my foot looked before five weeks of healing holy shit how do you have a squirrel on your chest um i just i was able to train a squirrel to are you shitting me you were able to train a squirrel to come up and take nuts off your chest yeah. are you fucking kidding me i had a lot of That's free time this summer you trained a fucking squirrel yeah are you there's a fucking ton of pictures of you with a squirrel on your chest oh my god <laughs> And you, Someone in like nine different ways, shaving beards. Your dog looks exactly like our dog. We have a dog like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that your dog or your parents? Um, no, that's my. That's April's dog now. What was it, April and I's dog? Oh my god. Um, okay, so Mr. Don Lickles. So the, Don Lickles. So so uh, so, so you, I, I got down and and finally I was like, fuck! Finally something. I smoked weed, which I didn't know. I'd never had weed as a pain reliever before. I didn't know if it was going to do anything. Apparently, it's a disassociative, which kind of makes you um, forget about things a little bit. And it helped a lot. It brought me from like uh, ten down to like a seven. Worst pain eight. you ever felt in your life? Your heels? Um, 
Yeah, what was the worst pain? I'm sure I felt worse pain. I, I had got real bad That's the worst pain I've ever had. Time. Really? That? I got rolfed. That's the worst pain I've ever felt. Yeah, uh, rolfed? Rolfed. It's, uh, it's the most aggressive pain I've ever felt in my life. What it's is it? Most, I don't know what it is. Uh, you should try it. You should, and I'm, be, I'm being dead serious. If you're interested in, in, in the brain and, and yeah, light, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a massage. But it's a massage done to clear out... Uh, built up lactic acid in your muscles so it's extremely aggressive and but when i say extremely aggressive it is without a doubt the most painful process i've ever been through in my entire life and i because i had problems with my feet yeah i had them raw my feet i now mind you i have plantar fasciitis so it hurts to walk on my feet and this guy goes in with a knuckle and goes in as physically hard as he can and goes into every place that hurts and just and breaks it up just breaks up all the tissue, breaks up all the built-up lactic acid. Is not, I think, what it is, but whatever it is, he's just breaking it up. And it, I mean, he told me, he goes, it's okay to yell. And I said, in my head, I'm like, I'm not gonna fucking yell in a massage. I was screaming. Oh, I was yeah. screaming. And I, and and he's like, and and there's nothing he can do. He goes, this is the process. And then, I, I mean, I, he did both my feet, and then. And I told him, I was like, he's like, do you have any other problems? And I was like, I, am I, I have a problem with my back, but I didn't want to tell him. So I was so afraid of what yeah, it would feel yeah. like because I do have a problem. And so the next time I came in and he goes, you know, I think this is all derived from your back. I think you have a problem in your back. And I was like, motherfucker. He got up under my armpit and, it, and he said to me, he goes, you're going to feel a pain that shows you like a white light, but just go to the light. It's okay. You're going to be fine. Drink in the pain. Feel the pain and know it doesn't get worse than this. He goes into my armpit with his fucking finger, and I, it was like he had a knife. I mean, I'd never. I was like, I was screaming. And on Santa Monica, people had to have heard me. It is the most intense pain I've ever felt in my life. I literally, it's it's a life experience. I got a massage yesterday, and the lady was like, I, kind of rough, but I was like, nothing compared to rolfing. I mean, I'm a little skeptical of the benefits of this. What, what are uh, it, they're so, questionable? So, so did it. <laughs> So did it? Uh, did your feet feel better? My, fe- my feet felt amazingly better. Uh, not that day. The day after, they mm. were still sore. But then they started getting better and better. And so I went. I was like, "Fuck it! I got to go back to the guy." Because um, because uh, some of the um, neurologic mechanisms of what what's happening um, from my simple understanding is is that um, so so your your brain's kind of taking in pain response in two ways there's like a slow pain like a lasting pain which you're getting from your feet or from uh oh they're totally um, fine back now. or they're whatever they're totally fine now oh that's awesome yeah they're totally fine like i've been i just ran three miles in boot camp right before i got here so they're, they're actually 100 percent fine but i think i think it had to do a little bit with robbing but i think it had a lot to do with uh with orthopedic inserts in my shoes oh. and taking time off and literally going like you know what time I'm off not, helps a lot it yeah. really does and there's no because um, cause there's like this fast pain, and that's what like if you scratch a mosquito bite, like like you don't have to touch the actual mosquito bite, you can scratch near it, and it will make it feel better. And and what's actually happening is that um, there's neurotransmitters delivering a fast bit of pain that limit the slow amount of pain. So that fast bit of pain, which is like what you get in a massage, actually cancels out the kind of slow throbbing pain that you're used to feeling that's why itching works and i can't wait to listen to podcast and that sort of stuff so so you smoked the weed so i smoked the weed you go to the doctor and um i i went to the first hospital and i don't know if it's because i was 
uh, high. I'm just like a laid back person in general. And I know, like I just got done reading this book, Checklist Manifesto, that this surgeon wrote about all the procedures and checklists that they do in hospitals. And so I was like, I understand that there's going to be, um, that there's a process to get uh, triage and to get painkillers. I'm like, how the fuck am I going to... I need painkillers as fast as I can because I'm talking with this this receptionist at this emergency room. Oh, first off, so I'm with my weirdo friends. This is awesome. Um, and we're on the way to the hospital. And my friend just has this shit... Uh, he has the worst ideas. And the, <laughs> he, he, just the way his brain works is just like he overly complicates everything. And, like, for example, he had just a mattress for me to sleep in in his house. He's like... Oh, I, well, I can get you like a bed frame and a box spring and all that. I'm like, you don't need to do all that. I'm here for two days. And then when I hurt myself and ended up being there unexpectedly for two weeks, I was like, hey, would you, uh, you know, on second thought, I'll buy you the box spring and all of that stuff because it's hard for me to stand up. I'm in the middle of the night on lots of painkillers and trying to get to the bathroom and learn crutches and all that and just using my right toes to cr- crutch yeah. around as a nightmare. And he's like... And so he went, he got a box spring, and then rather than get a bed frame, he's like, yeah, I think instead I'm just going to get some cinder blocks. I'm like, what What do you mean? And he's like, "He's like, yeah, I'm just going to get some cinder blocks and like put them around under the bed. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You just get a, a, a bed stand. That's why they have them. They're real yeah. cheap. You just get a little frame. It's maybe cheaper and, than four cinder blocks. Yeah, yeah. And, and a go, lot easier to transport. Yeah. And then I'm like, you're going to scratch up your wood floors. He's like, yeah, I was thinking about that. I was thinking maybe I just coat them with a polyurethane. Like, what the fuck? so this is like every day is just like another crazy idea like this just completely insane so i'm on the way to the hospital and i'm thinking about sanding them and dying yeah yeah paint them too while you're at it so they'll look nicer get rid of the wood floors <laughs> um and and so I'm on the way to the hospital and and they're kind of new to town and I want to make sure that we're going to the closest one and everything and I'm trying to pull it up and see make sure the emergency room uh, uh, they they have an emergency room and everything I'm like oh I'll just call 911 and um and he's like no no don't call 911 I'm like well no this what 911 is for is like exactly for breaking your feet that's it's an awesome time to call 911. And he's like, no, you know what we should do? We should call Ted. I'm like, who the fuck is Ted? Turns out Ted is his Taekwondo instructor. Like, what the fuck has Ted got to do with anything? I'm trying to find the address for a hospital. So I'm just like so fucking irritated at this point because it's his idea to jump off the thing. I'm trying not to be mad at him because it was ultimately my decision. And uh, and then the whole way I'm crawling down, he's he's trying to make jokes the whole time to like lighten the mood as I'm crawling down. Like, motherfucker, I just want to be miserable. I don't need your fucking shitty knock knock jokes right now. And, uh,. Yeah, we get to the hospital. I go up to the receptionist. She's like, "Yeah, all the hospital or all all of the rooms are full right now. You're gonna have to take a seat." 
I'm like, well, can I just get some something for the pain? Can someone come and talk to me? She's like, all the doctors are busy in rooms right now. I, if someone can just come out and look at my foot. Like, I understand there is a procedure in place, but if someone can look at my foot, they'll see. I mean, my foot was just so swollen and crazy. Um, and finally I got, like, a nurse to come out, and she was so irritated by the time she came out, and she asked me when it happened, and she's like, she does the math, and she's like, well, if you're in that much pain, why'd it take you three hours to get here? I was like, oh, because I had to crawl down a mountain? <laughs> did you say that to her? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did she say? And then she just, like, acted embarrassed and then got mad, like, rather than be embarrassed, you know, sometimes. Oh. Like, and then, like, got mad at me about it. Like, well, there's not a doctor available and left, and, and I was going to have to sit there for two hours. And... Part of the problem was was I was just so level-headed the whole time I was there. What you got to do is you just got to go in screaming. Yeah, you and they'll just give you, you something yeah, to You just have to sit up. in the waiting room and just go, oh, my God. Yeah. And then ultimately. Rather than being like, listen, I understand there's a procedure that you have to go. Yeah. Like, that's how you get, like, that's how you get first class on an airplane. That's not how you get <laughs> pain Vicodin. pills. Vicodin. Vicodin is not gotten by, like, listen, here's the deal. I got here a little early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I dressed up. I was wondering, do you have any availability in the Vicodin suite? Yeah, that's. It's it is the fucking person who, despite is we just, need to get them to stop scaring everyone else yeah, in the waiting so room. Yeah, so fucking interesting. Yeah, so I went to a different hospital, and then they were like, "I don't know what that other fucking hospital was thinking, but I can't believe that they didn't do something about this because you have a very very serious injury." They took the X-rays, and then they came in, and I was like, "God, my well, everyone keeps on coming in and saying this is really serious." I thought I'd chipped a heel before. That's just like two months. You got to walk around on your toes. I'm like, well, can't be that much worse than that, you know. A uh, little, little time off my foot, and then doctor comes in, tells me that it's the one's just shattered, and and he's like, and we're gonna have to X-ray your spine because most times if people people never break their heels, and they especially never break both of them. And when you break both of them, it means you were jumping from an extreme height and when you're, uh, or landed uh, crazy. And when you do that, you, most people, anytime we see two broken heels, we usually see a compressed spine. And now I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Am I, like, yeah. I going to be paralyzed? I can feel everything. And, and uh, it turns out that wasn't the case. So that's, you know, things can always be worse. Holy shit. So then, what did, so then, and then I had to stay in Sedona for two weeks because they wouldn't allow me to fly or anything because it was. Um, so wait, it did, was they, so did they operate that night? They operated a few days later after the swelling went down, and um, and I'll tell you off the air, uh, crazy thing, but it has to do with health insurance and whether I was going okay, to yeah. get it. And, um, but but um, but I. Um, yeah, they operated a few days later, and the thing is... is on both? No, just, just the, the one just healed on its own. It's yeah. Just two months. Wasn't that big of a deal. Um, it's fine now. And so what happens... Any pain in it? No. It gets a little more sore than I remember it getting sometimes when I'm on it a lot, but I'm also putting lots of pressure on just the one foot. That like was a problem with mine. My I, right foot's all fucked up. What'd you do? I, well, when I popped the tendon underneath my foot, uh, I... I don't, with the plantar fasciitis, I was telling you I I popped the tendon under my foot, oh. and and so uh, and so it swells up, 
and it it does it it little brown a little blue but it didn't look that bad and I, and I was like god damn it I can't it doesn't look like everything online but I walked around on crutches for a while but I noticed that I was putting a lot of weight on my left foot which by the way I had plantar fasciitis in both but my left was feeling much better at the time, like almost 100%. But by the time I got done limping around, my left was worse than my right because my, I was putting so much weight on my left that it was bearing the brunt of both of them. And then at one point, they were both fucked. And I was like, motherfucker, what do I do? And then yeah. I just got... I mean, they, were, they were fucked up until recently. I got orthopedics that were uncomfortable, but now I, they feel so comfortable. Like now I can't imagine. I put them in every shoe I wear. It's good, man. It's a feat. It's a, I mean... They never get my, a break. If, if it was my hand... <laughs> It'd be like I wouldn't have to cancel my shows for three months and shit like that, you know. You so can, they they you operate can, on that foot, and yeah, then- and, and and so like when when bones break like that, it's like if you were to if you were to snap one of these combos in half and then try to put it back together, there'd be a lot of missing stuff, a lot of uh, yeah. stuff that had crumbled apart, and that's kind of what bones can do sometimes, and especially in extreme fractures like what i had and so there's just a lot of empty space in there so they use 10 screws to um kind of screw the bones into place to where they hoped they would eventually be one day and then let them heal and kind of fill in on their own that way and they seem to be filling in pretty well and um i've i've one fracture that was huge and i don't know if it will ever i'm not going to be jumping um, anymore off of that. Hopefully, I'll be able to rock climb and just be careful um, eventually. Yeah. But but it seems like there's a fracture in there that might not ever like fully heal exactly because it kind of heals like the broken part kind of healed, so now it won't bond together. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. So that's been my summer. <laughs> God. So you moved back to your you, you stay in Sedona for two weeks with fucking yeah, and then as soon as I could, Ted. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever meet Ted? Um, yeah, I did meet Ted. Um, he was a far more reasonable person than my than my two <laughs> friends are, who so, have like weirdo shrines and stuff. They know I think they're weirdos, yeah. um, and they're great people, and actually, you know, intelligent people, just into weird shit that I don't think is in line with reality. But um, I mean, I think that about lots of people's beliefs and it's not like it doesn't make me not want to be friends or talk to people. So, so. you never got the ayahuasca. So I never got the ayahuasca. So. I'm hoping um, to next. I, I'm going to go through Sedona probably maybe in December or something, and I'll do it then. Um, next time I'm in Sedona, that's when my one hookup. I think I might be able to get it in Texas. I'm through there in October, and that's where I. I I'll set you up with Amber. Amber's got a podcast called uh, Reset. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to set you up with Amber. That'd be awesome. And her and her boyfriend. I forget her boyfriend's right name right now, but uh, Amber's fascinating. Amber's fat fucking fascinating I, I would say listen to my podcast with her but it's the rudest i've ever been on a podcast because i was my book was coming out like that the week bef- next week and so i was doing interviews throughout it and so you're so concerned about, <laughs> about hey, you're you're a very nice guy and it comes across and everyone knows that wow. and, and you spend far too much time in your podcast apologizing to people i'm gonna set you up with amber do i have your phone number um no you don't here what's your phone number <laughs> I've laughed. I'll email it to you. I've laughed this fucking. Of course, I don't have Amber's number in here. Um, but yeah, that 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 um, that I, it's so fascinating because I heard you on Doug's podcast, and I tell everyone go listen. It's the hardest I've ever laughed. 
on a podcast. I just, thought I was pretty good for like 15 minutes and then things kind of fell apart. I remember the, when they fell apart is when it got good. <laughs> someone someone just put a Vine recently of, of me on that podcast. I don't even like Vine, but I watched I thought it was pretty funny because it was, it was Doug. It was me just, I don't know what Doug said before this, but it was just me being like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm so high. I have no idea what is coming out of your mouth right now. <laughs> And you're like you don't you're not a big weed guy either, are no, you? No, no, yeah. I usually smoke like once a week and I'll have like a hit, maybe yeah. two if I'm feeling crazy. Yeah. And I was ripping that. I, w- I was keeping up with that. What Doug. was the story about your sister? Um oh it's great. It was and that was the first time I told it. It wasn't like some contrived fucking bullshit. It was just on my mind. Um it was uh and this will be the second time I've told it. Um I my sister came to visit with my brother-in-law. My sister's a very... Uh, if you've never been to Wisconsin, um, listeners, there's a, a lot of parts of it are a lot like um, Mayberry. Um, and it's very like ple- <laughs> very Pleasantville kind of... Vi- there's, a, there's, a, there's a theme of naivety that runs throughout most of the state. Maybe not so much Madison, but, um, but anyhow... We, keep saying, we kept saying, um, they squeak when you chew them. Oh, cheese curds. Yeah, they, yeah, they're supposed to squeak when you chew uh, them. If they're fresh, yeah. <laughs> my, my, sound, my, sound, my sound guy, I go, are they talking about cheese curds? And he goes, no, mice. <laughs> and so, yeah, they squeak why, when you chew why them. Why call them cheese curds? It's the least appealing name. Or, and they're such a delicious treat. I ate treat. so fucking many of them. I know. Oh. I know. They got to be I'd give so myself an enema. I'd too. give myself an enema. Oh, yeah. Halfway through. You know what I'm going to do? This is what I'm going to do. This is, what, this is going to be the best podcast I've ever put out. Uh, only because at the end of this... My sound guy uh, was in the room when I gave myself an enema, and he put record on and put, set up my mic. That's and he awesome. goes, you should record this for dexterity. Yeah, of course. Like, and so at the end of this, I will put that uh, enema Oh, podcast. what? You're going to do that at the end yeah, of this? I'll put that up, is I'll exciting. Put up that, now that I'm enema. going to listen to my own podcast that I was on for the first time ever. It's basically yeah. me trying not to laugh so I don't shit all over the place. That's it is, It's aggressive. But I'll put it up uh, at the end of this podcast. I'll How put did up the you enema. feel? Uh, it was about. It was, oh, well, listen to it. I'll, 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 okay, yeah, okay, yeah, listen okay. to it. It's really great. I really right. loved it. So, um, so, so your yeah, sister. my sister came for a visit, and um, you know, we were hanging out, April and I, and her and my brother-in-law. This is back last spring, and and um, and we're, April smokes a lot of weed, uh, which is why I smoke more than I would normally just around her, and um, and and we're we're getting high and. And my sister, we're passing around. My sister's been passing. Finally, she's like, oh, I guess I'll have a hit. She's like, Shane, you always get me to do things that I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> and she goes, remember that time you made me smoke crack? <laughs> and everyone's jaw, including mine, just drops to the ground. My sister, my baby sister, is five years younger than me. I'm like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? She's like, yeah, you know, that time you made me smoke crack. And I'm like, no, I didn't make you smoke crack. Now she thinks, like, I'm lying, like, I'm embarrassed that I made her smoke crack, which I would be. Um, and, and, and so she's like, no, just admit it. You made me smoke crack. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm searching because, like I said, I blacked out all the time. Yeah. And when I black out, it's not like, it's not like, oh, I... I might have missed a little bit of that conversation. I read half I might, that book. <laughs> I, might, I might have missed a, f- a few moments here yeah. and there. It's like, no, I did not 
consciously exist. Yeah. Whatever was walking around was not me. Yeah. Like, that was a different thing altogether. And a uh, nice thing, a thing that some people like partying <laughs> with, but, yeah. not, but not me. And... Um, and I, I'm like, so now I'm, sur- I'm like, what the, f- how blacked out was I, where I, one, got cracked for the first time in my life, and then my sister was around, which it's not like I was partying with my sister much, if ever, and and my sister was around, and then I was like, hey, this crack is great, I'm gonna give it, and then didn't remember any of it, didn't even remember my first time smoking, my first and only time smoking crack, and I'm like, what the fuck, now she almost has me convinced that I smoke crack with her, my brother-in-law, her husband's about, uh, who's like my best friend from high school, is like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man, Uh, about to fucking strangle me. My girlfriend's like, you're a monster. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, where was this? And and she's like, in Appleton. I'm like, Appleton? What the fuck? And and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, wait a second. Oh, there was that time in Appleton that I got hash, which, for our listeners, if... um, like, like, uh, if you want to smoke hash, like now they have all these fancy bongs that you use where you you put like little du- dabs dabs on, and then and then you heat up a thing, you torch a thing for a while, and it gets it real hot, and then you press it down on this thing, and it kind of vaporizes the stuff, yeah. and then you suck it in. But if you don't have that, what you can do is you can heat up a knife on the oven, take a paper towel tube. It looks shady as fuck. Yeah. It'd, it'd be like, it'd be like, uh, but all it really is is like, hey, I don't have a bowl. I guess I'll smoke weed out of an apple. That's all it is. Hash is just weed. Yeah. It's the same shit. It just looks fucking weird. And that's all. We're, we're smoking dabs, hot knife and dabs. And hot knife and dabs should be a shirt. That's a fucking <laughs> great sentence. We were sta- we were hot knife and dabs, <laughs> and your sister thought it was crack. And she thought, unbeknownst to me, she thought it was crack, and then was just like, "Well, if my brother thinks it's okay, <laughs> she would have smoked." Crack. I guess. <laughs> I guess oh. And then the idea too of just like it, I I didn't even ask her really. Well, I did uh, because I was so fascinated. I mean, this was well. Forget the next three hours. We're just going to laugh about this. Yeah. Uh, and ask her questions about what the fuck she was thinking about. Because who knows if she's at a party later <laughs> on and someone's like, "Hey, you want some crack?" She's like, "Well, I smoked some with my brother, and that it was, was stepped pretty... on. I felt very relaxed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was oh. pretty chill and laid back oh. time. I've had so much fun doing this, man. I can't thank you enough, and I'd love to have you on anytime, anytime, oh, anytime. Thank, I've for never, me. I've, I don't, I really don't think I've ever listened as much or laughed as hard on a podcast. I think what's great about these is you can have such great laughs along the way and be genuine, and then you can say some. Uh, thought-provoking things. You can listen to your history podcast and stop it and go, oh, what the fuck is up with this midget arm? And here's the beauty, and then I say this out loud before I post the audio of me giving myself an enema in Wisconsin. <laughs> but, and this is what I, this is what I, I hope that people do exactly what we're doing right now about Dan Carlin and about uh, the Opie and Anthony show I, and, and I Rogan. Just, um, I just listened to, um, because I listened to your Barry Katz podcast, I just listened to. And by the way, 
this is quite a lot to say because I never listen to podcasts. I'm an yeah. audiobook guy. I listen to maybe a podcast a month or two. Yeah. And um and I I've listened to several of yours and then I uh, uh very wonderful podcast and then I listen to um industry industry standard. I just listened to the first one. It's very enjoyable and you turned me on to that. Yeah. So. so this is what I ask you to do. Not not only <clears throat> Not only go out and tell all your friends about this podcast and how funny this podcast is, because I know podcasts. I know podcasts better than I know, probably better than I know stand-up. I know, I've been in, in since the in inception of them. I know what, what these are. This is a fucking, this is a treat. This is a hilarious podcast. I, what we just did <laughs> is the hardest I've laughed in an hour and 46 minutes in, a, in an extremely long time. And I spent two and a half hours with Joey last night. I spent two and a half hours with Joey. By the way, there's a thing when he goes... I I I just gotta play it. I'm gonna I'm gonna. I wonder if I can fucking play it right now. Um, I wonder if it's okay to play. Joey fucking lost his shit about Joan Rivers, like. But it was the in the funny. But go out and not only tell people about this podcast, but go subscribe to Shane's. It's brand new. Uh, it, yeah, it's not being released yet, so you'll have to follow what? me. I'm gonna get ten in the bank. I just did my first one yesterday. Just I'm fucking gonna, release them. I'm gonna get just 10. release them. It'll make you re- release them quicker. I guess it's kind of hard to get scientists. It's not that hard, actually. It's easier than my old podcast was um, was getting a couple to come in to a studio that would be tough. each time and syncing their schedules, and it was impossible. You got to you got to hear this. I got to get ten in the bank before I release it. I know I know you can fall behind sometimes, and it can turn into a nightmare. This is this is you got to listen to Joey. This made me laugh so fucking hard. Hang on. Oh, that's not me. Oh, never mind. This isn't my podcast. Added it in. It's uh, it. Joey is in this very fucking heartfelt moment talking about um, Ray Rice and spousal abuse and this guy uh, War Machine who is, is in jail and and he's very hard. And Joey goes, "I don't have an opinion, but I, I'm doing really." It's at like it's at it's like twenty minutes left in the podcast. The last five minutes are the funniest bit part of the podcast I've ever listened to in my life. But the last twenty minutes of the podcast, he's going, "I don't have opinion. I don't have opinion." And people come out on Twitter. They're like, "Hey, what about Joan Rivers?" And he goes, "I don't know her." And then goes, "I don't fucking know her," and loses his shit. <laughs> and it's it's it is. I've never laughed so fucking hard. I was I was doubled over from that until the very end where he gave this heartwarming speech. Set upon the fucking Star Spangled Banner. It that guy is such a treat. You got to get to know Joey. Maybe maybe I'll maybe yeah, I'll have yeah. you back. I try. I always try to do group podcasts, but I never get to do them because I'm gone so much. But uh, but go to your podcast. What's the name of it? Do you know it? Yeah, it's going to be called Here We Are. Here we are. Shane Moss M A U S S. You can find his Facebook, his Shane Comedy page. His what's your Twitter? At Shane Comedy. At Shane Comedy. Are you doing the road at all? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to Reno, then uh, Livonia, Michigan, and then I'm, I'm just booking a ton of stuff on my own. I'm doing a bunch of stuff in Dallas, I'm going to Myrtle Beach, I'm doing, uh, fucking, I, you know, I feel like I'm back to starting fresh, and it's like such an exciting thing, because I had, I had some, uh, kind of peaks in my career where I was kind of taking off for like a rocket for a while, yeah. and then, things kind of plateaued for a little bit and then i kind of got into um you know wanting to talk about different stuff and not just writing jokes anymore and um 
And I had to start over. And now it's like, now I don't have a fucking personal it's appearance the fucking, agent. It's the greatest place to be in. It's, uh, it's interesting. And I'm, I'm pretty... I thought I, w- I would be scared right now. And this is one of the most excited times in my career. I'm sure there's some like. sort of monkey behavior for that. Yeah, yeah. They can define it. Absolutely. But, uh, but Shane, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. And it's an hour 50. The next five minutes is probably... Uh, is is probably just just now listen it. to Bert's Look, butt and listen it is you're, you're not going to hear anything disgusting it's a very scientific ex- exploration in what is an enema which I'd never had I'd never given other than like I'm you know in, you know in high school when you and your friends would stick hoses up your ass and squirt shit on each other like that <laughs> is the old furthest I'd ever oh. been <laughs> people uh, other people do that there's the butt water video yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Oh, YouTube, yeah. we used to call it public enema number one <laughs> and we'd and uh we do it. Me, Cayman, Alan Rieger, Adam, and Croy. But yeah, we used to just squirt shit on each other after we went surfing. We, but we, it was. I didn't know that was an enema. I just thought that was fun, and I didn't realize how massively unsafe it is to put a water hose up your ass. But, yeah, you can just like blow up, or 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 just all the toxins that are in yeah, that. Yeah. That this is like. I like the idea of. I have an extra more. enema inside. If you want it, I'll give it to you. <laughs> no, man. I brought it. And my wife's like, "Why do you have an enema?" I'm scared. Like, too much cheese curds. I've never been offered. <laughs> I'll give it to you. I'll, it's going to be hard to carry out with your crutches. I'll <laughs> give it to you. I'm not going to use it. I'm clean. I've been all set. <laughs> it's a used one, but no, it's no, still no. Works. It's good. It's it's, the only problem is when you give it to yourself, you can't really get all the water in there. It's really. Someone should give you an enema. Man, you know, worst pain I ever felt wasn't breaking my feet. It was the constipation. I wish I would have done the enema. It was the constipation. I wish I would have. I'm sorry if we need to wrap up. I should probably quick do a PSA because if you're ever injured, I didn't know this. A lot of people don't know this. I think they warn you when you go on painkillers, it causes a lot of constipation. And they give you things for constipation. But... If those things aren't working properly, you need to make sure and just do whatever the fuck you have. Start with diarrhea and then firm up from there. Yeah. Because what you don't want to do, I didn't shit for eight days. Holy eight days. God. And then I went a day and a half and gave myself an enema. And, um, and I figured, I was like, well, you know, I've gone like three days before. Maybe, I, I mean, I was just tricking myself into... Uh, thinking this was okay i kept on like i was eating prunes and like all this shit and uh and when it happened it was three days of just shitting out baseball bats and just it was just tearing my literally tearing my asshole apart it was bloody it was it was so fucking horrific and i i was crying I didn't cry when I fucking broke myself. Not that there's anything wrong with crying, but I didn't even feel like it. It wasn't. It was like a different kind of pain. Man, when I had to shit after eight days, and it was three days straight of this, just baseball bats of stuff. I mean, it was when I looked and saw what was in the toilet. It was so insane. It was like, how is that? I'm surprised it didn't lift me up off of the toilet. It was this craziest oh, thing I've ever seen. I wish you would seen. take pictures of that. I, I thought about taking a picture, but it's like, is this, this isn't appropriate uh, to share on Facebook. Like, that probably. label says 1997. <laughs> <laughs> this has been in there for a while. And I just want people to know, just get x or whatever the shit that... Yeah, uh, that's uh, pain pills... 
you got that is number one. I'd never taken them before. And that's the only reason I really did this enema. It's, it's scientific. Yeah, Scientific. Yeah. Scientific. All right, Shane. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going to help you hobble out to the front. Thanks for having me to your wonderful uh, man cave. It's pretty awesome. No. I, I have a joke about man caves on my special, so sorry about that. And but, that's uh, called? But, um, mating season on Mating Netflix. season on Netflix. Combos. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.